Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, I lost every time. Chris Andy joins me now. Chris, what are we listening to? It's uh, Daughter by Loudon Wainwright III. Uh, we started um, Parenthood Week on the song selections <laughs> with Loudon. We're going to end it with Loudon again. Uh, he was very domestic in his songwriting. Um, all right, so uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. The FIBA World Cup has, has begun, actually, and um, 56, 50, no, how many, how many, 55, I think, 55, yeah, 55 NBA players are playing in the, it didn't used to be like this. It really is a world game, isn't it? Yeah, no, if you start glancing through the rosters, I mean, you won't see any familiar, if you're a big NBA fan, you won't see any familiar names like, you know, on Angola or, or, right. or you know, a few a few rosters, but a lot of times you'll say, Oh, Nikola Vucevic, he's that's the NBA player for this team and Laurie Markinen's, you know, here and, and you know, you'll you you'll recognize names on the box scores. Yeah. Including Lester Quinones for the Dominican Republic, Santi Aldama for Spain, and Dylan Brooks for Canada. US opens with New Zealand tomorrow. Um I, I don't imagine you can break down the New Zealand Kiwis for me. Uh, Steven Adams is not playing for him. So that's all <laughs> I can tell you about about New Zealand. By the way, there was something. Did Steven Adams have a procedure or not? I, not that I know of. But I've not. I, I saw that 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 was suggested in some radio interview in New Zealand. Yeah, I have not. I have not followed up on that. My my understanding was he had not. But and I, is it possible he did? And they were trying not to let that be known. I think that would be weird because it's not like you know when he when he shows up at media day. If someone asks him if he had a procedure, he will he will tell you whether or not he had a procedure, right? Right. And so there was some video I saw of him working out, and he was like where recently, and he was wearing no no kind of knee brace or anything else. And I would think if you'd had some surgical procedure in the last two or three months. You would not be like in a weight room, like doing power lifts or whatever, without any kind of brace on your knee. But I don't know for certain about that. Uh, obviously, you know, p- people say, ask me if I'm pumped. I, I mean, I I'll watch these games to the extent that I can, and I'm excited about Jaron Jackson. I don't particularly care if the U.S. wins. Like I I do mildly care if the U.S. wins in the Olympics. Like I like it. When, I much prefer it when they win the gold medal in the Olympics. I'm not invested here uh, in this particularly. Um, I guess I'm more invested in Jaron, right? I, I don't know. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, I would, you know, if I'm watching the gold medal game and the U.S. is playing, I'll root for the U.S. Yes, to win, of course. but I wouldn't say I'm heavily invested in it. And then, you know, I, 
my, my, my mood is not going to be dependent on like the FIBA World Cup outcome. <laughs> right. Um, but, but yeah, I am more interested in it. I'm most interested in it from what it's going to mean, particularly for Jaron, but maybe for, for some other individual players and, and how we think about them going back into the NBA season. I'm sort of more interested in it in terms of its meaning for the NBA season to come than, than exactly. just on its own terms, I guess. So Jaron has played exclusively at the five. Is that right? Yeah, the only, the only way he wouldn't is he was if he were right. playing with Walker Kessler, which they haven't right, done. Right, they haven't done. They will. So, yeah, he's played exclusively in the center. And what have you made, like, that's a part of, what have you made of that part of it? Like, how, I mean, we've... Well, and, yeah. he's playing exclusively at center, but he's also playing on a team coached by Steve Kerr, and he's sort of, they're sort of playing Golden State style. Right. Which is relevant to how Jaron's being used. It's probably relevant to the question of whether John Morant would even be on this team, or would he be on the Olympic team if Steve Kerr is still coaching it? Because they they're not running like you know one five pick and roll right. and like they're not you know they're running like Golden State style so he's playing center in the sense that like Draymond Green plays center right so you know it's not like get down on the block kind of stuff for the most part so he but he, what he is doing is a lot of screening he's spending a lot of his time just setting the screen moving setting the screen moving setting the screen moving and that is something that he needs to get better at. Um, defensively, I don't think he's really been tested, you know, at the center at this point. You know, maybe if they play Lithuania and he's having to wrestle with Jonas Valanciunas, who's right. a teammate, you'll, he'll be tested more. But in these games, like, you know, Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid are not out there. And so, you know, I think I think, I think think it's worked fine. I, I You know, Jaron is someone who I think as he gets physically stronger and bigger, and then over time as he slows, I mean, the, the natural progression for him is going to be to be more center and less power forward. But I think it will be a gradual progression. It's funny. The three – obviously people want to see Jaron become even more consistent offensively against the elite players, et cetera. But there are three things that I guess you would say he's – he does not do particularly well. One is rebound, one is pass, and one is screen. Right, like none yeah, of those. I think that's fair. And are those? Where are you hopeful? On which of those are you most? Do you see the most chance for improvement? Oh, I think the screening thing is both probably the most subtle of the three, and maybe the most important of the three. Um, just because I think to be a big and be heavily involved in like the creation of the offense. Like, that's where it sort of is going to start, right? And so when you think of like, you know, end of the game with a with a jaw Jaron two-man right. kind of play. Well, that's going to be like Jaron screening for jaw. That's the way that play's going to work. It's the way it's going to start, and then it sort of go from there. So I think that's probably actually the most important of the three, even though it's the thing that, you know, doesn't show up in the box score. You look at the box score and say, oh, Jaron only had one assist. Oh, he only had five rebounds. You don't look at the box score and say, oh, he only set seven good screens or five <laughs> good screens or whatever. So it's not the kind of thing. It's the kind of thing that's a little bit more subtle. But I think in terms of moment-by-moment, play-by-play, Game by game, it's probably the most important of the three. Um, in terms of the Olympic team, obviously this is great, but the Olympics coming up next next year, and uh, and a lot of folks will want to be on that Olympic team. I think Jaron is. You would say Jaron is not a lock, but li- very likely to be on the Olympic team. Isn't that how you? How would you phrase it? Assuming he, he plays well in this tournament, I think he's very likely just because. In part because of the position issues. There's a lot more competition for the guards and the wings among, you know, the American players than there is for, for, for the center spot, uh, the way they're going to use it internationally. 
All right. And so then on Jaw, which we've talked a little bit about, we've talked about John Anthony Edwards and all of that. And then you just mentioned him with uh, reference to Steve Kerr. And I saw that you and Drew did a podcast uh, where you talked about this very thing. Will Ja, what are the chances that he will be on the Olympic team? And obviously, he's got to come back. He's got to play well and all of that. How do you, like, do you think he would have, if, if he had been, uh, but for his transgressions of this past year, would he have been on this team? I don't know. I mean, and, and Drew and I had a little bit different opinion about, about that. Drew's, Drew's, Drew thought Ja was more of the, like, Tatum Booker, like, he's too big for this. I don't, I'm not sure that he's too big for this, and I, I'm not sure that even if he had said, yeah, I'll play, if they would have put him on the team. Because, like, they really built – they weren't just like, let's go get the 12 best players we can get. They constructed a team that wanted to play the way they wanted to play. And so for Steve Kerr, that's guards who, like, you know, are, are more outside shooting oriented and, and not quite as ball dominant. Ja is not – doesn't really play the style that you, you associate with guards in like the Steve Kerr system. Right. And so I don't know, even if he didn't have his off court issues and he said, yeah, I'd like to play. I don't know if he would have been on the team. I mean, Trey Young wasn't invited to be on the team. Right. And he, he apparently would have been willing, I think from what I read and didn't have the off court issues. Um, and so when you go to next summer, I mean, one question is going to be like, who are our 12 best players? But the other question is going to be, you know, what fits the way we want things to fit. One of the things that Drew, Drew brought up was Nike. Does Nike yes. have anything to say about this? I, I, I have heard, I don't have personal information on that, but I've listened to some other pods, like Brian Windhorst and people who are like really, like Brian Windhorst right. is out there covering this live. Yeah. And people who cover it closely do think Nike has influence on Team USA. Yes. Uh, because Nike might be interested in having those jaws on the, on the international right. stage in Paris, right? right? Exactly right. right. Uh, it is sort of interesting. You, you talk about Steve Kerr and the kind of guard he likes. What are your? What, 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 how do you think it's going to work with Chris Paul this year? That's an interesting question. I feel like Chris Paul needs to come off the bench. Um, Chris Paul has not said, "Yeah, I'm coming off the bench." So I, I you know. I think he Chris Paul is such a high basketball IQ, right? Um, and so does Draymond Green, and so does Steph Curry, and yeah, like I, I, you know, I I do think that's some that's a situation where like you give those guys a basketball and you say figure this out. I do have faith in those guys figuring that out, um, but I don't think it's a super obvious fit. But then again, I mean Steph Curry's so good off ball, um, and, and maybe like you know you can do different lineups that gives you another guy who can sort of handle and deliver the ball. It's not Draymond Green. You sort of mix up different lineups. So I like Chris. I still like Chris Paul better than Jordan Poole. I and mean, that's what they did. And it was mostly trying to get off Jordan Poole's long-term contract. But if I'm playing a basketball game tonight and I'm trying to win, I'd rather have Chris Paul, like, at whatever, 38 years old or whatever he is right now than Jordan Poole. And so, like, you know, I'm okay with it. Um, all right. Other matters. Uh, Giannis uh, has said that he's not going to sign an extension with the Bucks. It's the the the, the phrasing here is always fast until he's certain about their commitment to winning a championship. Chris, it's really all about their commitment to winning a championship. What do you make of uh, I mean, Giannis? Yeah, I, I mean they've already won a championship, and then they, <laughs> they they keep paying to bring all these guys back. I don't think there's any question about their commitment to win a championship. There is a question about how well 
whether they can transition with Giannis to go from and maintain a team that can compete for a title. Because the team, if the Milwaukee's competing for a title throughout through the next Giannis contract, it's not going to be with Chris Middleton. It's not going to be with Brooke Lopez. It's probably not going to be with Drew Holiday. And so can, can, can you transition a totally, a totally new team around Giannis while paying Giannis a supermax? And, and I just don't know. And I don't think that's not a question of Milwaukee. That's not only a question of Milwaukee's commitment. Even if you have the commitment to do it, doesn't mean you're going to be able to right. do it. And that's sort of the question with him. It goes back you know, to the Dallas thing with Dirk. And Dallas did just stick with it. And they dipped back down and they built back up. And, you know, they were able to build a new team, you know, with Dirk or whatever. But I, I don't, you know, I, I, I think if you're if you're Giannis, you're going to re-sign with Milwaukee long term. You almost have to expect you're going to dip down, even if you're able to come back up. Yeah, and I and Milwaukee's a harder place to do that. Um, I think right. um, pretty clearly. Um, okay, and then finally, the ESPN panel that I talked about earlier, where they were meant we did the awards earlier in the week. Uh, they did their predictions for the East and the West and all of that. But I'm just going to ask you about the West because, and this is their, their panel. Um, the order of their prediction lumped under the contenders, Denver 53 and 29, Phoenix 51 and 31, Golden State 47 and 35, Sacramento 47 and 35, the Los Angeles Lakers 46 and 36, and the Clippers 45 and 37. Those up to one through six are the contenders. The Grizzlies are lumped into the play-in group. Oklahoma City, 45 and 37. Memphis, 44 and 38. Dallas, 43 and 39. Minnesota, 43 and 39. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I don't remember all the numbers there, but you basically have like three or four wins separating like, you know, three through ten or whatever on that list, right? So you yeah. can say, oh, they've got the Clippers as a contender and the Grizzlies as this, and they got a, it's a one-game difference. Yep. Um, and so three three I, through ten is four wins, forty-seven wins to forty-three right. wins, and yes, and and Clippers are the contenders at forty-five wins, whereas the Grizzlies are at forty-four wins in the play-in right. group. Yes. So I I think the sense of compression among that group of teams from you know from three through 10, I think is accurate. Now, it, won't, it may not end up that way because injuries will happen and things will sort it out. But on paper, I think that compression is accurate. And that compression, and, you know, the Grizzlies don't get the worst out of this. The team you did mention, New Orleans, which is like number 11, right? right yep. And so there, there's going to be a good team left out completely, not even in the play-in, or a team that thinks they're going to be good left out completely, not even in the play-in. So I think that compression is an accurate assessment as you start the season. And so, like, you know, if that compression is an accurate assessment, that means any of those teams could finish anywhere from three through ten, and it shouldn't be a shock. And I think that's actually right. And so, you know, could the Grizzlies finish eighth or seventh or whatever that list has with them? Sure they could. Could they finish third? Yeah, they could do that too. There is a little bit of a sense of within the compression – Denver and the Suns being the clear. I mean, there's four games clear yeah. between. Do, do you do you, do you I follow I that? I think that's right. I think that's right too. And I actually think. And the other thing I think came out. I think that came out yesterday. And there's a thing that came out today, which is their predictions about winning the title or winning yeah. the conference or whatever. I'm a little surprised Phoenix is not higher. 
I think because you know they didn't it didn't they didn't pull it off last year right after that trade and because of all the depth issues, I almost wonder I almost wonder if people are a little bit too down on Phoenix given the level of talent they have right now. Um, okay, within the compression though, it's still true that the Grizzlies were perceived to be at the bottom at the bottom of that heap. Like I don't know. Like, it is also yeah, true. I mean, that, New Orleans at the bottom. Yeah, but, that's true. Yeah. yeah. And they're still ahead of New Orleans and Dallas in their own division. I, even that has them winning the division. That's interesting. It does. Even that has them winning the division. That's exactly right. Um, yeah. Well, all right. Uh, and then finally, Chris, uh, Sunday is National Cinema Day when you can go to your Malco Theater for $4. Will you go to yeah, the Malco? Cool. Well, yeah. Are you going to go? And, and do you have a sense that? I mean, we know that people return to the, the, the theaters to see Oppenheimer and Barbie. Right. Um, I don't have a general sense at all about the health of, of theaters these days, but um, will you go, and do you have any sense of how movie theaters are doing? Um, I probably will not go because that we're having an extended family dinner sort of to send our daughter off to college, or my, my, my oh, parents and brothers and everybody exciting. are coming over on Sunday. So that's what we're doing on Sunday. So we will probably not be going to the movies. Um, I'd, I'd like to go to the movies, though. I, I wish they would. They were doing that some other day, and, and I would probably take them up on that. Um, I, I think Oppenheimer and Barbie obviously were a big boost to theaters. One thing that's happening right now is there's a strike. The 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 writers and the actors right. the strike, and because actors can't promote movies, there are movies getting pulled and held back and threatened to be held back. And like uh, the news that came out yesterday is that Dune, Dune 2, which was supposed to come out, you know, this late summer, early fall. Now they're saying they're going to push back to 2024, which I think because you know, the, the actors can't go on, you know, Jimmy Fallon and talk about it or whatever. I just think is dumb. I think they should settle the strike and they should put the movies out. And even if they don't sell the strike, they should still put the movies out and let people go see movies. Now that people are back in the mood of going to see movies. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. Thanks. Chris Harrington from The Daily Memphian. You can, of course, read his stuff over at The Daily Memphian. If you are thinking of getting engaged, head over to Robert Irwin Jewelers. Robert Irwin Jewelers, uh, I've said this before. I love their story because, like me, they moved here from New York uh, <laughs> a long time ago, forty more than 40 years ago. They say they were doing some business down here, and they said, you know what? This living's better down here than it is in New York. And they moved down here and they've opened five stores in Memphis, two in Little Rock. And Howie, you can hear his enthusiasm for the city when he does his spots, but you can also hear his enthusiasm for diamonds. Like he, he loves diamonds and he loves happiness and he loves love and he lo- the whole the whole thing. And uh, he loves helping through people through the process um, because there's not, you, you go into Robert Irwin Jewelers, there's no pressure uh, and there's no pressure at the outside because it's just not how they do it. And then, by the way, you make a custom, buy a custom-made engagement ring at Robert Irwin Jewelers, you have 365 days to return it. So there's no pressure on that end either. You won't return it because she'll be happy. She'll be thrilled. And, uh, and, uh, and, 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 and you'll live happily ever after. But take some of the pressure off, certainly. It is Robert Irwin Jewelers. They have five locations. I go to the one that's right across from Novel on Perkins Extended. Find the one closest to you. Bigger, brighter diamonds. Zero down up to 60 months to pay. Check them out online at rijewelers.com. Back in a moment, it's Jeff Gawkins, show 92.9 FM ESPN. 92.9 FM ESPN is Memphis's sports station on the free Odyssey app. Download it now on your phone. Smart speakers say play 92.9 ESPN. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. 
Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, it's not just uh, football season, it's fishing season, Brad. It's fishing season. And uh, there's an opportunity for you to help the uh, United Way of the Mid-South, which, of course, is uh, the region's largest public charitable foundation. Valero has has teamed up with Bill Dance and the United Way for a bass fishing tournament, reeling for good, benefiting United Way of the Mid-South. So if you want to participate, Friday, September 15th from 6.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. I don't like my chances in this, Brad. I mean, no. I'll be honest. <laughs> You're not a good fisherman, Jeff? I don't think I could win this. You grand, never know. Grand prize $10,000. Wow. Grand prize $10,000. Tournament takes place at the Tunica Cutoff, Wolf River Harbor, McKellar Lake, Horseshoe Lake, and the tributaries and oxbows of the Mississippi River. Beautiful. You don't have to be a master fisherman to compete. You can do it for fun. And who knows, your team could win the $10,000. For information, find out the rules of the Valero reeling for good and to register. All you got to do. This isn't going to sign you. Just, this is just going to start the process. If you're interested. Is yeah. text UWFISH. That's United Way Fish. So it's UWFISH. Text that to 30306. 30306-UWFISH. It's the Valero Reeling for Good Trailer and Teams Bass Tournament. So there you go. All right. Brad, we've, had, we've talked about a whole lot today, a lot of University of Memphis stuff, a lot of stadium stuff, a lot of, a lot of all of that, a little Grizzlies with Chris Harrington. We have not hit on a lot of the things that have happened in the broader world of sports. I want to get to the NFL in just a moment, but before that, the Shohei Otani thing is kind of depressing, isn't it, Brad? Yeah, it really is because we're not going to see him the rest of the year, and, and we still don't know if he'll stay. In, uh, we certainly don't know if I... he'll stay. There are those who would make the argument that it will make it more that make it more likely that he will stay. The market huh. will be reduced, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. From what I'm able to tell, so he may need a second Tommy John surgery. That seems to be uh, oh. if if he wants to continue to pitch. Now, there, 
there is a history. He's already already had Tommy John surgery. There is a history of great success with Tommy John surgery. Yeah. And there is some a history of some success with a second Tommy John surgery. But the rehab can take uh, a long time. And honestly, then the question is, is will he hit next year while he's rehabbing? Well, that's right. not the ideal way to rehab. And so what Ken Rosenthal, who certainly knows more about this than I do, um, what he has sort of indicated is when it comes to his free agency, which is looming, the people are just going to pay him as a hitter. Like, you, if you, you, you're going to pay him as a hitter, and then anything you get as a pitcher will be a bonus. Uh, Aaron Judge, for example, as a hitter, just got nine years, $360 million, right? So it's not like Shohei's going to be poor. But what, and I'm not saying you and I like the spectacle of him doing both things. Certainly. Right? We, but, yes. But I'm just saying if you are a team, the indication is they're going to pay him as a hitter. And then if you get, if you get, if you get him, if you get the miraculous two way show, hey, that's great. But you're going to pay him as a hitter. And he, he, there's a thought that he could get, still get a $500 million deal as a hitter. Jake asked me if, if I think if Otani is the best player ever the other day. And the only way he would be the best player ever is if he does both. That's clearly the way he's the best player ever, yes. You can argue that he's already proven to be the best player over a brief period of time. He's sort of like Babe Ruth in a throwback doing both positions. It's crazy. It's crazy what yeah. he's been doing. Well, and these guys don't pitch very long. Like, Strasburg <laughs> retired this week. And I remember he when did. Strasburg came out and he, he was, was like, it. he was unstoppable. And then Tommy Johns, and then the, these guys are like running backs. They just run, you know, they, they sort of just blow through them. Do you want him to, where do you want him to be next year? I think part of me would like him in Anaheim. Um, I, I sadly, I would, I would like him in. I'd like him to win. I don't want him to be a Yankee. I'd like him to win in Anaheim. Me too. I, the, I am one of these purists who would like the just, person to I, go. And like, I, like, and Jaha, I like a you sappy know, you, story. Yeah, me too. Of, like, me too. St- I'd yeah. like him to win in Anaheim. I don't but, want him to be a Yankee. I don't want him to go to Chicago. I don't want him to go to Seattle. So that, I'm with you. I mean, it's Los Angeles. You know, he's yeah, the, the, the Dodgers. How do you feel about sure. your Dodgers? Now, having said that, I think the ownership group um, they've they've had some of it's bad luck, right? They've had injury problems with with him um, and the team. Anyway, so uh, there's the <clears throat> there is the. <clears throat> are sorry. you a baseball fan still, Jeff? I get the sense that you, you like many Memphians, Not are sort of no. you're kind of out on it. Yeah, that's that's our town. You you have enough. I have at least I find, and this is something like Chris has talked about picking up being a baseball fan again. Yeah, right. You can care about so many things, right? Yeah. You know, you care deeply about so many things. Here's the truth: that the the part of your brain that most people who are baseball fans in this city use for base to be baseball fans. Yeah. I use for hockey. Okay. Okay. Like, like yeah. for example, and this is just, I don't talk about it on the no, radio because no, it's not something that has any interest, whatever stuff. else, right. but, but same, but like right now over yeah. at the athletic, they've done a series ranking every team's prospects age 23 and under from, uh, you know, from, from the worst, from the worst team, which I think is the Bruins, to the the best team in terms of their prospects, which was Anaheim, oddly yeah. enough, the, Anaheim, the Ducks. My beloved Buffalo Sabres were three. I read every one of those pieces. Incredible. I read all every one of those pieces and their wow. prospects and whatever. And so, and so that is 
That's where you're my dedicating your, like, op, I'm, your, I'm, your other I'm, alternative. I'm, I'm covering – Right. I care about pro football, A, because we talk about it, and B, because I really care about yeah. it. I care about college football because we talk about it and because I care about it. I yeah. talk about college basketball because we talk about it and whatever. And then there are optional things like golf we don't have to talk about, right. tennis we don't have to talk about, baseball, we, oddly enough, weirdly enough, <clears throat> during the World Series I'll talk about it and whatever else, but we don't, weirdly enough, we don't talk about it. You know who the anomaly on our staff is? Jeffrey. Jeffrey loves all of it, except hockey. He's not a hockey guy. He, he's, Jeffrey, he loves I also all just like, of it. I couldn't possibly watch as much TV oh and sports as Jeffrey does. It's incredible. It is like, incredible. That's the thing. That's the other thing. I like when I get on a bike for three hours, which I do. Yeah. The, like when I bike forty miles, I'm not watching TV. Right. Jeffrey, the whole time is watching TV. <laughs> this is true. Like whatever it is. So this is true. <clears throat> all right. Uh, the um, uh, oh, there was some blindside news, and the blindside news is the. Uh, the this time the the in People magazine, the uh, the producers, the production company that mm-hmm. uh, that produced Blindside in a late in a lengthy statement uh, to People magazine, um, they clarified that R and the four family members of the Tui family were collectively played collective collectively, mm-hmm. so all of them together, seven hundred and sixty seven thousand dollars. Uh, of payments through their talent agency. Um, what they say is the deal for Tui's and for the Tui's and Michael Orr's life rights was quote unquote consistent with the marketplace at that time for the rights of relative relatively unknown individuals. Therefore, it did not uh, include significant payouts in the event of the film's success. As a result. This is from the production company. The notion that the Tuies were paid millions of dollars by Alcon to the detriment of Michael Orr is false. Uh, so that's what they are saying is that, and what I have believed all along, <clears throat> that yep. I, I that so far I've seen no evidence that the Tuies bilked Michael Orr out of money. Like that, that, that in the end you've seen different amounts and, and the, the Tui lawyers last week said that they all got about a hundred thousand. Well, this would be more than that, that because there's five of them, right? So that would total up to half a million. Here they're saying it's seven hundred sixty-seven thousand. I, I don't want to say that's not real money, but that's not like this idea that they he siphoned off, that they siphoned off millions of dollars is just. There's been I've seen nothing to indicate that is true. Uh, if you want to say that that he was uh, didn't like the way he was, and and maybe understandably didn't like the way he was portrayed in the movie, I can down with that. If you want to say that uh, that uh, that the Tuies got famous, I agree with that. The p- place where I would part ways with the folks who are being uh, critical here is I've seen no evidence at all. That the Tui siphoned money away from Michael Moore. Well, and he made that point already. He's made that point. He Who made has it made in, that uh, point? Uh, Michael Moore made that in his first book. He he made that. He's made uh, that that, that yeah. point in, so that in interviews. Seem to be, and maybe maybe we will. Maybe upon accounting, you'll find out that the Tuies each got twenty seven million dollars, and Michael Moore got thirty seven. Well, they're cents. getting spe- speaking money, but, but that, that's on that, them making figuring that out. He could have also gotten. Yeah, he could have figured that he out too. Speak, he got NFL sure. money, like yes. everybody got their own thirty five million. But in terms of the money from the movie, right. It appears now the production company is saying that uh, 
uh, the total paid to the Tuies as a group, uh, including Michael Orr, right. was seven hundred sixty-seven thousand dollars. Again, Jeez. there will be more of an accounting on this, and we'll 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 get to the bottom of it. Yeah. But um, I don't see much evidence. I know it fits a lot of people's uh, narratives that they that they were bilking him, but it doesn't seem to me. Uh, to be any evidence in that. All right, onward to the NFL. There are a couple things I did want to talk about in the NFL. One is uh, that uh, Josh Dobbs was traded. I saw Joshua this. Dobbs traded. That was something. Uh, to the Cardinals. And I actually think it's good for Josh Dobbs. And for those, there was earlier, I mean, we, watching these exhibition games is an exercise in trying to figure out what we think is important and what matters and what doesn't and what's irrelevant and whatever. Well, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson, two weeks. He's, he's been pretty good as the third quarterback for the Browns, and I've heard John is like all in on him. Jeffrey doesn't like him. Yeah, not not as a human being. He's yeah. not persuaded. Arm talent. He's not, is persuade, lacking. He's not right. persuaded by him. But very clearly, uh, Josh Dobbs was the number two quarterback in Cleveland. Yeah, and uh, and this clears the way. And now Josh Dobbs can go to the Cardinals, who are very clearly in on the tank at this point. That's what they're in on. And with Kyler Murray out, he may get to play because it's it's Colt McCoy. Like, that's who they got. Yeah. They got Colt McCoy. And so he may well get to play. And so good for Josh Dobbs. The other news that we really haven't talked about all week is the Jonathan Taylor continuing saga. Jonathan Taylor, of course, has now been given permission to – uh, to look for a trade, um, the Colts have said, fine, if you can find a better deal, uh, you can go out and look for a better deal. And as far as I can tell, nobody thinks that anyone's going to deal for Jonathan Taylor if you have to give up anything like a first-round pick. The Colts have said that they would like a first-round pick uh, for Jonathan Taylor. And, um, and everyone agrees, listen... Even giving up a first-round pick for Jonathan Taylor alone, given how devalued running backs are, might be a stretch. The real problem is you're trading for a guy who wants a big contract. And so when you both have to trade the first-round pick for him and then pay him, that's what really is dissuades anyone from doing it. So it's pretty clear to me that the team that should be most interested in getting Jonathan Taylor is the Miami Dolphins. Um, I think Dolphins are really good. Um, I think you add uh, him to that already explosive offense. Um, I think he could do wonders. But do I think the Dolphins want to give up a first-round pick and then pay whatever it is, however, $15, $20 million a year to Jonathan Taylor to extend his deal? No, I don't. And so what you have here, I think, I think the Colts are doing – do you remember when Lamar Jackson was – able to go seek a deal like the 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 the, the yes, Ravens said they, they, fine. they opened Ravens it up fine. a little bit for him sometimes telling people you can go seek a deal isn't because you want them to find a deal it's because you want them to say fine if you think you're worth blank go find that. go out on the open market and then and then and then what happens is you come back with a sense of Oh, I guess I'm not worth that much. And so it it is a reality check for you as a running back or you, Lamar Jackson, whatever else. Like, in the end, right. it worked out. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens reached a deal. And so I do think there's a real 
I, I, my suspicion is that he ends up right back in Indianapolis and that he indeed plays for Indianapolis because if he wants to have the contract toll and get to free agency, he's got to play. And so I don't want him to go to the Dolphins because I, I, I root against the Dolphins for obvious reasons. I think that would be the logical place for Jonathan Taylor to go. I just don't see any evidence that that uh, that anyone is going to pay that for for Jonathan Taylor. So his, who's their running back? Rasheem Mostert is is that they don't really. I mean they 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 have uh, Zach Moss as oh oh the the Dolphins. the Dolphins yeah no yeah I mean they have a decent just they have a decent running back room they just don't have a difference maker like right. Jonathan Taylor. Okay, moving right along. Trey Lance uh, also haven't talked much about Trey Lance this week. He's been demoted to number three quarterback. And so what you see there is you see all sorts of um, pieces about where he could go, where he could land. And first, if you stop and take a a step back, it is amazing. It's crazy, Jeff. Well, you know what? He was a first-round draft pick. It's not unlike. Didn't they give, they gave up like the farm for him too, didn't they? Yes. So they moved the 49ers to jump from 12 to third. They gave up three firsts and a third. Oh, my God. Now, one of them was the, their own first. That's egregious. One of them was that now, they the did draft a quarterback later. 2020 but... first, first, 2022 second, and a third-round pick. They, it, actually, it, make up it actually it reminds the... me of a little bit of the Hashim Thabit thing yeah. in this way. There, there are actually two basketball players who this reminds me of. It reminds me a little bit of the Hashim Thabit thing in that you totally screwed up a draft pick, botched it, made a hideous pick that that is a, a total bust. <laughs> yeah, you, you a, missed. One of the biggest busts in, in history. And yet the team is good anyway, so people kind of forgive you. And that's what happened with the Grizzlies and Hashim Thabit. Uh, they didn't completely forgive him because they said, ah, we got ahead, we got ahead Steph, although they weren't going to draft Steph there. So, but, but, and it was it was always held against Chris Wallace, but the truth of the matter is, pretty soon you had Zebo and Mark Conley and Mark and Mike here, and we embarked on this great era of Grizzlies basketball. So yes, it became an unfortunate footnote, but it didn't right. it didn't get Chris Wallace fired because the team was good. And the same thing is happening with the 49ers. They totally Shanahan and <laughs> they, they totally botched yeah, this draft pick. They gave up three thir- three firsts and a third, and they totally whiffed. He's not good. He's completed 56 of 102 passes, 54.9% since he's been in the league. I don't know that he'll never be good, but they totally whiffed. The other, the other oddly enough, the other player that you would compare it to, because right now there's this question of should you just deal him and get what you can get, right? And, and there are different thoughts about where he could land. One is Atlanta. If you're not if you're not persuaded by Desmond Ritter, could he go could he go to Atlanta? Uh, one is Cleveland. Uh, if you didn't think Deshaun's ever going to be good, could he go? You know, could he go rehabilitate his career, continue to make progress? He still has tools, all of that. So there, we've seen there's lots of stories about there out there about where he could go. But oddly enough, the other draft slash player that this reminds me of. To the Bay Area is Wiseman. Isn't it interesting that both these two teams in the Bay, the 49ers okay. and the Warriors, yeah. they had these high picks 
Trey Lance was three. James yeah. Wiseman was two, yep. I believe. Yeah. They whiffed completely. And then at some point, you just realize, and it's it's the same logic. It's like. I think if, the, if, the Niners whiffed way worse maybe, than, than I, the maybe, Warriors. In why? My, so, why? Why do you say that? They had a trade. Well. I mean, they, 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 in in the end, the whiff was the whiff, and the uh, if you, I mean, you look at the maybe Wise- I'm still jury is out on Wiseman. Is that wrong? Well, I mean, but but for the for the perspective of the Warriors, yeah, from their perspective, from their perspective, a, it was a botched it's, trade. It's done. It's yeah, just right, complete, a botched trade. It, it was sure. a completely yeah. dropped. Yeah. yeah, they could have had Lamelo Ball. Yeah, um, get, yeah, and so, and, but here's what happened: if the Warriors had been in a rebuilding situation, they could have just played James Wiseman and maybe they would have gotten the best out of James Wiseman there someday. There you go. Yeah. Right? Similarly, if the 49ers were in a rebuilding situation, yeah. they could say, you know what, we could just play Trey Lance. We'll play him. You give, right. him, give him reps and whatever else, and maybe he's going to develop into the quarterback that we want him to develop That's into. True. Yeah. What's weird is is you had these picks that came to teams that are competitive. because the t- And obviously the, the picks were disappointing. Because the teams were competitive, however, you couldn't let either of those players play through their mistakes. So both Bay Area teams had to ultimately just say, I'll take what I can get <laughs> and uh, and uh, and we'll go from there. There were a couple of games last night. Steelers 24 nothing over the Falcons. This is a situation where one team played at starters and one team didn't. Yeah. So that's a picket looks good. Can he Yes, he looks good. He looked good throughout. Let's see, he looked good against the Bills' first yeah, team now they're, defense. They're crappy players. But last year, against, yeah, I mean, last true. night it was yeah. uh, the first half stats in total yardage because one team played starters, one team did not. This is fair. Two hundred fifty-three yards to fifty-five. So <laughs> yeah, you knew so it was, it was like what? this yeah. is what happened. One, one, sure, it's just different approaches to the preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then the other game last night, Colts Eagles. Uh, Colts win twenty-seven to thirteen there. Uh, the continuing development of Anthony Richardson is of interest. Uh, he was only 6 of 17. That is going to be a bit of a struggle for him throughout the year. And then he celebrated a touchdown by flapping his arms like an eagle. What are you doing? That's fine. It's a little overly enthusiastic. but Like, you're, te- you're terrible. But you know what? The, fun, the really fun news from that, uh, well, from that game was that uh, Jake Elliott, Connected from 59 yards yeah. and 52 yards. And even in preseason, 59 yards is 59 yards and 52 yards is 52 yards. Uh, and so good for Jake Elliott, yep. who continues to get it done. University of Memphis. Speaking of kickers from the University of Memphis, the women's soccer team destroyed Ohio. Do you see the ranking again? Are they 20th now? They're 17th, maybe. Oh, they're up to 17th. Um, it, is, it is kind of like a yeah. – I mean, we talk about them – Occasionally, because it's just a. Jason's fun been talking about him a lot. He gives I think him a lot it's of flowers. Crazy that it's kind of amazing. They beat Ole Miss. That that this like why is women's soccer so good Ma- at the University of Memphis? It's the head Brooks coach is so good. He's just incredible. But then 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 I hate to say it. Like here's the truth. We just had a baseball coach at the University of Memphis who looked promising. Boom, yeah. gone within a year. We had a women's basketball coach. Yeah, but who it's looked promising. I think it's boom, different. gone within different. a year. Yeah. Why is it different? Because people don't care. They they don't pay at an over under rate, and he has. I think his wife, I've heard, has a really good job. Well, here good for women's soccer. It's spectacular what they what they are doing. All right, Jeffrey says that we're going to have him back. I can't believe this. I he wants know. to come back next week. If I told so, him. I said you get the time. You know what I should do? I should take. If so, if so, I should take him to Bounty on. There you Broad. go. 
uh, just to reward him for yes. his diligence. Uh, He's calling a football way, game, by the way, tonight, too. He's calling the MUS game tonight at 7.30. That's crazy. Uh, it is crazy. It is crazy. Yes. I, I told uh, him to get the time, bro. I should take him to Bounty on Broad. You should take yourself to Bounty on Broad. The Angus rib steak. English Stilton butter. I don't know what Stilton butter is, but it just sounds, sounds magnificent. Delicious. Absolutely. I've told you about the fried scallops, the lamb shank. I'm going there next week. I'm going back to Bounty on Broad, but you don't have to wait the next week. You could go this weekend. The brunch is spectacular, honestly. One of my favorite brunches in the city. Bounty on Broad, beautiful restaurant. 410-8131-410-8131-2519. Broad Avenue. Um, what is coming up next? Here's what's coming up next. Jeff, uh, we have uh, Anthony Singh coming up at 1130. We'll talk Grizzlies with Anthony and FIBA and what he sees there. At 125, Chan Douglas of Platform Basketball and former Melrose star. He went to He's part of the, the contingent with Louisville guard Chris Jones. And Chris Jones is going to be in studio, it looks like. How about that? Well, 125. Fun. They're going to discuss this uh, game they're having tomorrow in Orange Mound, the neighborhood hoop fest, and Jones's career. Looking forward to having Chris Jones in studio with Chan Douglas at 125. Very nice. Uh, at uh, 245, we'll talk with Blake Tommeyer. We're talking SEC. We've got college football this weekend. Uh, Jeff will join Gabe to talk about it at 5 o'clock. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will be back on Monday, maybe with Jeffrey. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. For now, our work is done. Have a great weekend. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.